In Lingua Podcast Live from Dessau is broadcast from Middle Deutschland and features all things languages. The show is hosted by our teachers, presenting students and guests from all walks of language learning experiences. Joining us live in the studio today is our dear friend Thomas. We've been trying to get Thomas into the studio for how many months, Thomas, have we asked you to come in here? I think six months. Six months? And we finally drag him in. Thank goodness. Thank you for coming in and participating in our podcast. Thanks. So we first met Thomas... A couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. Thomas came to us uh, looking to improve his language skills. Yeah. But you already had really good language skills. So why did you come to us? Um, I don't think that my English, English skills are were so good because my English finished at the or my my English studying I finished my English studying at the uh, class 10 at, my, at school. Okay. So after that I had some small courses mm -hmm. at the university and at my previous um, job mm -hmm. but uh, I never studied English so intensive so I've found my English bad okay <laughs> so when you say you studied English with us intensively how many hours a week did you study with us um, I think that were five hours a day okay so let's say 60 hours. Was it four hours, a four hours a day? Four hours, I think four 20 hours a week? 20 hours a week. For an eight-week course? And then you came back for a second course? For a second course, another uh, six weeks, and then a third time. Did, you, co did you come three times? I was three times here. Oh. I, I think. Then you're, you're, then you're a native speaker right now. No, no, no. Not a native speaker. But I think it was more or less... Two months okay. in total. So overall, how was your experience like learning languages with Inlingua? Learning English with Inlingua? Mm. I mean, obviously, we're still talking. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting what happens. Okay. So I thought, or my my, my uh, what I expect was that um, it's a strong course filling some formulas uh, and uh, like an like a lecture book and doing all units okay. step by step uh -huh. um, but when I first came here I think the first course the first days um, I was surprised that it was more personal okay so um, that we talked Okay. A lot. Did you think that was helpful in of course. your learning process? Of course, okay. of course. Because uh, the thing I experienced by learning Spanish was that I have to c get over the point um, and speak. Okay. Bef the point was in Spanish, 
for example, that um, I was not able to speak at the first month. But Did you have people to talk to? No. It was at the university. Okay. And there, there was only learning vocabulary, uh, gram grammar, and but no speaking. Okay. But when I joined a course in Spanish in Santiago de Chile, um, I got over the point and I was able to speak. Okay. And that was the same here at Inglua. 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 Before, I never spoke English okay. freely or you know, uh, uh, only reading something and uh, I listened to some uh, television shows. Mm -hmm. But uh, after a couple of days here in Inglua, uh, I got over the point and I started talking. Okay. Does that have to do with like being more confident? Or yeah, conf confident with the teacher so that uh, there is a close con or a closer connection between the teacher and me. Okay. And then uh, yeah, the problem were the mistakes. So So you don't like to make mistakes. I don't like to make mistakes okay. and uh, but I had to learn that I could make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Are you a perfectionist? I think you're, I mean, I know you very, I know you, okay, we've been friends for like a couple of years now. And I think, yeah, sometimes when we've gotten into like debates, what are, what, not <laughs> small differences of opinions, it comes down to, yeah, it, it does sort of come down to like qualification, <laughs> right? Yes. So, but so being a perfectionist or not being or, or trying to achieve that perfection it's something that's important to you i think yeah but uh, i don't think that i have this uh, approach with the language okay so because i know that i'm not the best well i couldn't be the best i, I couldn't get the but best. you're but you're highly functional you're highly communicative in three languages no, yeah, no, uh, two languages. In two languages. When did you start learning Spanish? It was in 2006. Yeah, 2006. Okay, so why did you start learning Spanish? Yeah, I started learning Spanish because I studied. And within the study, there were a, a semester where we were focused on leaving the country to another okay. country. Uh -huh. Making... Um, uh, um, practical semester okay. doing some practical at a, at a company um, and for that I decided to I pointed or I, I s throw no not throw I uh, uh, turned the globus okay which I had at that time right spinning around uh -huh. closing the eyes and stopping by the middle finger or the yeah Middle finger? No, that's the, the index finger? The index finger. The index finger to the globe. Is that a true story? Is that a true story? It's a true story. So your finger wound up on? On uh, South America. Okay. True story. You could have gone anywhere in the world if that if you had chosen another point with that finger on yeah, the globe. I, <laughs> Did it have to be a mountainous area that you had to go to? Mm. No, but 
I preferred. Okay. Because yeah, it was South America, and um, then I d did a course uh, at the uh, university in mm -hmm. Halle, at, uh, in the holiday, the Mester holidays. Mm -hmm. But it was a course, horrible, horrible course. So I was there every day for three hours. What course was it? It was a Spanish course. A Spanish okay. course. Um, so you took the course. Okay, so you spun the globe. You found out, okay, I want to go to America, South America. And, the main and then, you, sta was okay, and then you started taking course. Spanish lessons. Spanish lessons. But you didn't like it. Because it was only uh, like teaching a mass. Okay of people, of uh -huh. students, uh -huh. and only uh, noting vocabulary, grammar, nothing right. more, not getting into the language by speaking. So there was no production, listening. it was just all that memorizing. Yeah, it was like uh, okay. reading uh, uh, a dictionary and a grammar <laughs> book. <laughs> so, uh, uh, okay, maybe I got some vocabulary, small okay. vocabulary from that uh, Time, but um, was the teacher a native speaker of Spanish? I think. Okay. I think. Just. But I couldn't remember where where uh, she came from. Okay. What year is this? Two thousand and. It was in two thousand and six. Okay. And it was in 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 uh, January two thousand six. Okay. Where I decided, or I had to decide where I want to get for the practice semester. Okay. And. Um, Should we tell our audience? Our listeners, what you were studying at the university? What was your okay. degree program? My topic was, uh, or my subject was cartography. What? Cartography. Can you say it one more time? <laughs> cartography. And what is cartography? I have no idea it's still. It's a very special uh, yeah, topic at mm. university. Okay. There are only one university in Germany where you could have studied this, and we were 10 students. Mm in our year. Why did you choose this field of study? Um, because I was not pushed to cartography mm -hmm. by, but my, by my parents, mm -hmm. but um, uh, it's, it's, it's a bad explanation. So um, I studied <coughs> geography and part of geography was cartography and um, but at the uh, at w at one point, I had to decide to um, do uh, human geography or mm -hmm. physical geography. Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to <coughs> do was the technical cartography and GIS okay. things. And then um, I looked at the university uh, at the schedule of the cartography courses in Dresden, and I saw it was very structured and sounds sounded very good mm -hmm. and uh, I decided to change the study so I started cartography um, in Dresden okay so you started in Halle no I started in in, in Leipzig you started in Leipzig with geography so. and then you think okay cartography is more interesting it's more interesting yeah where can I study cartography and Dresden is the it's best the only place yeah. the best place and is the only place okay so you're you accepted into the program. You transfer. I transferred, and you moved to Dresden. Yep, that was in two thousand and three. Okay. Um. So that's in two thousand and three. So what are you doing in two thousand and six that you're spinning a globe? That's 
because um, associated with your program. Yeah, because um, after two years, mm -hmm. well, I think no, no, two after uh, three years um, of studying cartography, you have a practice semester. That means you should search for a company where you get some practical experience. Right. And uh, we were forced by our uh, professor to leave the county, not to to uh, searching to search for a company <coughs> in, in Germany. Uh -huh. or so he had a, a long list of connections all over the globe. That's nice. And uh, somewhere in Norway, somewhere in uh, New Zealand, uh, somewhere in Canada, Canada, uh -huh. and um, South America was also a hotspot of uh, his work and nice. his connections. Okay. And another uh, student was also in at that time in in, in Chile. Mm -hmm. And I was the one who was searching for. Uh, well, I I applied with my less Spanish. <laughs> I learned <laughs> at the university for uh, uh, practica at the Instituto Geografico Militare in Ecuador. Okay. Was language, do you think a certain level of proficiency in Spanish, was that part of the guidelines for the application? Yeah, the application, I, I wrote the application in Spanish. Sweet. But I think it was horrible Spanish. That's okay. <laughs> so, um, but there was... I got an answer, but mm -hmm. um, there was no, uh, yeah, there was no possibility to 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 make a, a hospitation or a practica for three four months there. Okay. So I had no um, opportunity in South America uh -huh. until my professor asks uh, if everybody has no practical or no connection to practical semester or for the for, or no no um what not a job no practical yeah okay um and i told him yeah i don't have I one i don't have one and he told me that there is a guy in chile uh, which had um, a small hosteria mm -hmm. um so, um or they called them Swiss Antina because it was a Swiss person. Mm -hmm. And he wanted a touristical map of that area where the, he had his uh, hostel. And so I got the email address of him and uh, I asked if I could come. There's your internship, uh, right. Yeah. That was in August mm -hmm. 2006. Okay. And how, how old are you at this time in 2006? Um, I was 26. Okay, cool. So then the um, we got in contact with a uh, Swiss guy, uh -huh. and uh, I organized everything. I booked a fly to South America, uh -huh. and um, I yeah I was leaving my flat. I put all the things in the car and put it in a storage. Uh -huh. And then I packed my uh, backpack and I took the flight to South America. And did you say adios to your parents? <laughs> 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 hmm. 
at that time the communication process was not as easy as it is today mm -hmm. because um, I only had a small uh, telephone by yeah I think only SMS was the only way to connect okay us <coughs> or stay in connection <laughs> and when I was there it was in the mountain area and uh, there was no internet connection so the only way to check the emails was over a small GPRS connection okay. Okay. over the uh, handy of the mm. Chilean or the Swiss guy. That's funny. So so this guy has a hostel. A hostel, yeah. Somewhere in Chile. In a very beautiful area. He wants you to map the region so you can he can make brochures for his guests to go on hiking trails and stuff like that? Yeah, there was another company uh -huh. which provide a lot of touristical hiking maps in, in Chile. And so... There was a map series. Mm -hmm. of, what is there? Is a map series of hiking maps in Chile, and to cover the whole country, um, there were uh, some cartographers. Okay. And one cartographer was I. Well, I've been one of these cartographers, uh -huh. and um, you know, for me, that region was my. So how many square, how should we do it? Square kilometers? Uh, for our listeners, like how much area did you have to map out? Um, Is, are we talking thousands of square kilometers? It was 60 by 100 kilometers. That was the area. Okay, 60 by 100 kilometers. So, but that was a uh, part of the process to develop a map. Because mm -hmm. um, I said to, to the guy, I need a GPS and I need some topographical maps. Okay. Because at that time, it was not possible to get um, digital data okay. of that area. Okay. Uh, so. so does that mean you're walking? I was walking through the and landscape. collecting data points as you go from point A to point B? Yes, of course. Okay. Interest is a, the touristical infrastructure. Okay. So um, we so decided, or I decided, uh -huh. um, what area we could map. Okay. Or which area we could map. What kind of, um, uh, what is the word? How do you determine what you can map? What, what are some of the, uh, okay, that's what I was looking for, variables. What kind of variables come into your mind when you say, okay, what, what can I map out of this mm. area? Um, there are some variables. The first is, um, what do you want to show in the map? Okay. What you sh show? Um, would you show the hiking trails in details? Uh -huh. In detail. So, if there every two hundred meter is a uh, very interesting point, then the map scale should be uh, uh, big. That uh -huh. means uh, you need a bigger sheet of paper for the same area. Okay. Um, if there are less information or less interesting things or the interesting things are far away from each other, then you need a, um, a smaller scale, mm -hmm. map scale. Okay. And um, we decided, it was un it's untypical, we decided to make a map in, in the scale of 1 to 100,000. Okay. Uh, that's untypical for touristical maps, for hiking maps. Uh -huh. Normally, a hiking map has a scale from 1 to... 50,000. Okay. But in that area, um, it was, it's a beautiful area, but the interesting points are far away. Okay. 
but we want to cover all the things you could reach by car and then hiking. Also the, the idea was not to have a hiking trail through the whole uh, map uh -huh. or through the whole area. So you have to drive by car to a specific point and then you have small um, hiking tours. Okay. To do. So a point of interest might be a waterfall? A waterfall, volcanoes. Volcanoes. volcanoes um, rivers, um, national parks. Okay. Um, forests? Forests, of course. Like, what about scenic views, like hiking up to a point where you can look over? Yes. Okay. That the area is um, covered by a lot of volcanoes, old volcanoes. Like, Chile is a very... The elevation is high. Long and narrow, right? Long and narrow, <coughs> yeah. It's what is the highest elevation? The highest yeah. elevation. The highest point was um, the Volcano Yaima. Mm -hmm. It was about 3,200 and... A, a little bit more Me meters. 3,200 meters. Okay, so um, that's well over 12,000 feet. Yeah, my the clo uh, the, I was on, on the bottom of a volcano. There was the hostel. Mm -hmm. And this volcano he uh, call, uh, was called Lonki Mai, and it was about 2,700 meters. Was it an active volcano? Um, the last eruption was in 1980. Okay, so very active. But it was uh, an, a volcano, uh, an eruption at the side of the volcano. Mm -hmm. And there oh, was it came out of the side, not at the top. Not on the top. So the top was safe, but uh -huh. it came out at the um, side. Interesting. And um, it was called Krater Navidad. Okay. And um, that was the interesting part because the topographic maps were built before the eruption, but the reality was um, mm -hmm. different. Okay. So I have had to um, digitalize the topographic maps, and then I had it to, I had it to combine it with uh, uh, modern um, radar data, elevation data. Okay. So Do you have equipment that does that? How do you get that type of data? Um, you can download it. Okay. You can download it. Uh, it's the data, it's the like elevation. It's a satellite um, SRTM radar mission. Is was that at that time with a uh, resolution of I think thirty or sixty meters. Okay. So every sixty meters, we're in different elevation points. Okay. But when you say you have a GPS, it's a handheld GPS. It's a, a small hand. A Garmin Itrex okay. Vista. So you know exactly where you are. The Longitude and the latitude of where you're going point, 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 point. point. Yes, okay. and then you, over the exchange format, you can uh, bring it to the computer and then you have the position. And But you also have to pick, put up some notes. Mm -hmm. So I note I, I was, uh, I noted the points where I were, where, mm -hmm. and at the end I had a list to say, okay, point one, point two. That was the cruise of a river, or there was a bridge, or okay. a door, or an uh, information point. Or okay. How long was the internship for? Um, it was two months. Okay. Two months in that area. Uh huh. But um, I had five months in Chile in total. Okay. So I had three 
months free right to traveling <laughs> of course you did thomas and uh what i did after i was there uh, at collecting the data mm -hmm. i took a course or I, I i made a, a course a spanish course in okay. the capital so it was also an uh, language school mm -hmm. now i booked the um the uh, course of for three weeks ah with um, living in a host family. Okay. Or guest family, host family? Host family. Host family. That's a good idea. So. Because you got to speak. Yeah, of course. If and you want to communicate. Before, I couldn't speak Spanish. Okay. Maybe it... You had vocabulary. I had vocabulary a little bit, but... Uh, you knew how to conjugate some of the, no, no, some no, of the no, verbs. No. Some of the verbs. You knew how to conjugate. Like, I work, he works, they work. We work. I'm not sure if I could declinate or conjugate at that time. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure. So you had vocabulary from your class in Halle. But you forgot everything. I, not everything, but uh, when I collect the data, mm -hmm. when I was collecting the data, I s tried to speak or to communicate with other people in that area. Okay, good. But the Spanish in that area was um, influenced by the origin of the of their people. It was uh, okay. Mapugin, like the origin, the, the origin, original language. Okay. And that was mixed with Spanish, so that was hard to understand. So, <laughs> it was hard to understand the words. Okay. Different dialects, different yeah, accents. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in 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 the in Santiago, it was not easy mm -hmm. because between 9 and 12 we had a group course mm -hmm. I, I think we were six or seven uh, students mm -hmm. and but the course was english spanish not german spanish english okay. spanish yeah. so uh, all explanation they did in spanish and in english okay so i had to learn <laughs> both <laughs> But the one-to-one -one classes mm -hmm. in the evening, they were better for me. Okay. Because then I got over the point and I learned to speak. So your shyness leaves yeah. your anxiety of that speaking. And, the and that I had to speak in the guest family, or the host family. Yeah. Um, that was also... Um, was the living host family experience was that a good experience of course that's good so mm. do you still keep in contact with them today no, no, no. okay so it was it was an okay experience <laughs> i'm just teasing i'm teasing yeah no no, no. experience was great i like it when people stay in contact you know yeah but because there was no now, good 2006 2007 there was still uh, a communication platform. you can still find that house today if you went back right yeah, I can locate it on the satellite image. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, the uh, the experience was for me mm -hmm. that I confident myself that I could learn as another language. Right. Before, um, I thought that I couldn't learn a, a language mm -hmm. other than German. Ah. So, but the lesson I learned there was that with the right setup, like living 
for a couple of weeks in a, in a, in a, host, in a host family. Right. And <coughs> having these classes one in one and in, in a small group, mm -hmm. I was able to learn. Yeah. Because I'm not a person who could learn vocabulary by typing or learning it from, 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 from the book. Right. So it's like it like going using the language. Yeah. Into the head and going out on the other side. Okay. Okay. But when I learn a language with somebody else, mm -hmm. like in the course or in the family, then it's easier for me. And that was experience and the same experience I had here at Imlingua. Okay. When I uh, started the course. Good. That's because I haven't lived in a guest family, but uh, because it was You might four as well. I mean, day, you were four hours a day, dude. It was like... And we saw each other on the weekends. We did bike tours. Yeah. Oh, we did some bike riding trips. Two months for the cartography, like internship. One month in the capital for language learning. And then you had at least two more months to go out, more exploration, hiking, yeah, and using the language now more with confidence and speaking to people along the way. In Spanish. Super. And we decided, or I decided to, to travel from the north to the south of Chile. Mm -hmm. So it was a journey of <coughs> 4,000, 4,500 kilometers. Mm -hmm. So we took the local buses, from hotspot to hotspot. Hotspot means touristical hotspot. Mm -hmm. um, flying back. Okay. Was that your first big trip? It was the only big trip, or well, the biggest trip in my life. Up until that point? Yeah. No, uh, yeah, until today. Okay. Because five months in another country, okay, yeah. at the opposite of the world. Yeah. Being far away from 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 your from my home, mm -hmm. that was an uh, interesting experience and, and, and a very intensive. Mm -hmm. When you got on the plane to come back to Germany, because you had to finish your education, you had to finish your degree program. Did you think maybe one day I'll I'll. I'll end up back here. Was that was that five month experience? Was it that meaningful to, you know, to pull you back to South America for the rest of your life? Not for the rest of my life. Okay. But I was sure, and I'm still sure that I will be back in okay. South America one day. Okay, for an extended period of time. Yeah, minimum okay. three months. Okay. Okay. Either for work or a project. Yeah, or whatever like you want holidays. to do. Okay. For holidays. Okay. Having a three day, three months of time mm -hmm. and maybe cycling through the through uh, Argent Argentina, Argentina. Okay. Yeah. Or I'm not sure if I would visit Chile again. Okay. Because I think it's better to store these very good experience in my mind, sure. and not to destroy it. Uh, when being there again, okay, at the same places, for example, okay, and because I saw a lot of Chile mm -hmm. from the north to the south, the Altiplano, the uh, glacier in the south, uh, the volcanoes in the middle, 
the capital, okay. Valparaíso. So I think I had I will go to I would go to um, Argentina or Peru, okay, or maybe to um, or Ecuador, okay, for another experience. Okay, for another experience. So you returned to Dresden. And then the work began. You graduated? No. Before graduating, I had to make the map. Ah. Because normally, in uh-huh. a practice semester, you do everything, like planning the work, doing the field work, and producing the map. Okay. But it was not a company, a cartography company, related company. It right. was like a private... Uh, yeah. Businessman. Businessman. Yeah. Um, I own... In Chile, I only did the field work, mm-hmm. and after that, I had to me- uh, to 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 produce to combine the map in Germany. Okay, and that was I had no experience in that field, mm-hmm. um, so it was a step by step learning by doing. Okay, and but then my professor offered me uh, a student job. Producing two maps for the uh, German Alpine Club. Okay. And so I started producing um, touristical maps at the university. Did you teach yourself the software? Of course. Okay. So software and... That's not part of the curriculum. This, is, this was a special software, so I teach myself. Okay, because you need to put the data points into the software, and that's all printed out on the map. If it, I mean, I'm being. I, I know it's not. I know it's more complicated than that. Yeah. But like you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to like yeah. Uh, we have to think in layers, mm-hmm. so we have different okay. um, things in a topographical map, starting with the elevation model and the counter lines. Right. Then you have the streams and the lakes. Okay. Then you have the uh, like uh, street, street infrastructure, mm-hmm. streets, ways, bicycle ways, uh, walking, hiking trails, right. and the settlements, mm-hmm. the vegetation, mm-hmm. the land coverage, and then. On top, you have the um, map font. Hmm. Does that make any sense? We are using our Google Translate at the moment (laughs) to find out the translation for Kartenschrift. Ooh, that pronunciation was good. Yeah. Yeah. Kartenschrift. There's a special dictionary. For cartographers. Okay, I don't have that on my phone. That's only <laughs> available in uh, at a book. Okay. <laughs> in the antiquariat, there is all the cut language related, all the, the the typical words <coughs> in mm-hmm. cartography rela- uh, translated in I think seven languages. Okay, but it's in book form. It's in book form. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you could turn it into smartphone application form be a good project for you maybe so it's like the description mm-hmm. the description of the things in the map like what is the name of the city okay 
the name of the river. Okay. So we have to place the names. La the labels? Labels, yeah, labels. You can say labels. It's it's a term uh, of the... Is uh, that acceptable? Yes. Okay. Map labels. Okay, map labels. Or, yeah, label. You label a feature class mm -hmm. on a map. Yeah, to place the names on the map, that was also a typical part or is a typical part of the work of cartographers. Okay. So did you finish the Chile map before the two maps that your professor asked you to do? Or did you do them all together? I finished the two, the job was, as uh, the two maps for the uh, uh, German Alpine Club, I finished first. Okay. And then... I started, I think it should be one and a half years after my uh, visit in Chile, I started really wor hard working on that map. Okay. And so, for example, I had to place 900 elevation numbers on the map wow. in the correct way. Okay. And that took me one day, for example. Okay. So eight hours work. And the processing of the data and... Uh, was you have uh, I had to correct a lot of topological errors mm -hmm. um, in the data mm -hmm. to produce um, a hill shading. Okay. The hill shading helps to understand um, how the landscape are. Where are the highest points? Where are the lowest points? Mm -hmm. Where are uh, deep valleys, for example? Mm -hmm. Without these hill shading, mm -hmm. you had to interpret the counter lines. Okay. So there were m the counter lines are closer together. So the landscape is steeper. Okay. Yeah? Okay, that makes sense. And but it's hard. You have to be trained to get the image of the landscape only by counter lines. Okay. And the hill shading helps to understand it on a first or on on a first view. Okay. So you look once to the map and you see oh there are nice mountains in that area. Mm -hmm. Accident or fire? Police. Police. Yeah, accident. Maybe. Or chasing somebody down. So it took, I, I think it took me one year to produce the map, but not one year, uh, the whole year, only uh, uh, I studied. Okay. I had some so when you finished that map, you sent it to the Swiss guy. To the Swiss guy? In what, f how large of, uh, of a document? It was um, a PDF document, document. Okay. Okay. And it was, I think, 300 megabytes at that time. Okay. So I sent it to them and. He printed it out. He put it on the wall for the tourists or hikers to see, like, t for them to navigate the landscape more safely with more knowledge. No, it was. Uh, they th 
they sold the map. They sold the map. They sold the map. Okay, so they profited off of your hard work. Of course. Did you get a percentage of that? No. Okay, that's But okay. I got... Um, but it took you three years to do, so that's okay. <laughs> I got... Uh, you got credit. You got acknowledgement. From the from my professor from the uh, university. I mean, dude, that sounds like a thesis. Was that... It, it was part of uh, okay. the first thesis. That's so a huge project. And I benefit in a way that um, I got the accommodation and mm. the food um, at the two months in Chile, for example. So that was for free. For free. That was I was there for free, and um, uh, that was uh, the part of the okay. Chilean guy or the Swiss guy. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was like I got I had uh, uh, I had a certificate that I had. I did that I did the practical part right. of the uh, study and um, then it was part of my thesis. Okay. Does that experience open you up to your travel bugness that you have? I mean, were it you... opened me in a way that um, I was not only focusing on, on, on cycling. Mm -hmm. Before, I was only focusing on cycling um, in Scandinavia, for example, that okay. was my pleasure. Okay. My, um, but that opens me another possibility for hiking, doing something on my own. Mm -hmm. Camping? Of course. Camping is a fundament fundamental part of my holiday every year. When I walk through, or when I walk through the mountains in Norway or in Scandinavia, in in Sweden, for example, or in Ireland, camping, I all the way I camp. Okay. So I think this leads us into a, the, a good conversation. So Thomas is about to embark on another big challenge. I wouldn't call it a vacation. So that's the plan. Twelve hundred. 1,400 kilometers um, along the Danube, mm -hmm. passing uh, Passau, Vienna, Budapest, to the uh, south of Hungary. Okay. So. And you're going to hook up with a friend, take a couple days off, hopefully go into a sauna, <laughs> and then you're going to get right back up and come back a different route. Yeah, yeah. Not the same. Right. So Thomas is planning on how many kilometers per day are you planning on riding? Um, the average should be 150 kilometers per day. Okay. Now That's the planning, but the goal is the personal physical goal is to have some days traveling 180, 180 okay, depending on the weather. Now this is exactly what you just said. Have you done this before? I mean, I know you've done a bike tour before, but um, have you done this before? I did smaller ones before. Ah. Um, last year, I did, for example, a four days, uh, a three-day tour, but, um, 450 kilometers mm -hmm. along the Rhine River. Okay. So that was my first experience, um, yeah, cycling more than 150 kilometers a day. Okay. And um, consecutively. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm planning 10 days. 
each day 150 kilometers. So, and just what you said like five minutes ago, is this the physical challenge? That's the physical challenge. That you set for yourself. Because I don't know if I could reach right. that. I hope because of my past experience. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure, so I'm not uh, under pressure directly, so I have some days more. I could, if I'm physically not at that point, mm -hmm. maybe I will finish after 120 kilometers a day. What's the best time of the day for you to, when do you like to start? Do you like to start before eight o'clock or eight o'clock? Like how long does it take well, you? Too, yeah. I have no choice. I had to start early in the morning when the sun, I had to wake up and to stand up when the sun is rising. Uh -huh. And I had to be at the campsite at, let's say, 6.30 because then uh, the, the sun goes, uh, goes down. Right. So. But for this tour? For this tour. But, yeah. How long is it going to take you to, how long, how long is, how long have you calculated? Because, of course, Thomas is huge on calculations. How long have you calculated each day your 150 to 180 kilometers will take you to ride? Mm -hmm. six, eight, six hours, eight hours? Um, my average speed <coughs> should be around 23 up to 24 kilometers an hour. So okay. with some lunch break and breaks, other breaks, mm -hmm. orient let's say orientation breaks, when mm -hmm. you have to orientate, uh, is it the right way I'm driving? Mm -hmm. um, I think that should be eight hours, nine hours a day okay. traveling time. Okay. So. That's a lot. Don't you think that's a lot? <laughs> no. That's okay. Not a lot. That's okay. Being in a saddle for eight hours or nine hours a day, it's okay. How many pairs of bike shorts are you taking? <laughs> uh, two. How thick is the foam in your... I'm not sure. I think maybe five millimeters or, maybe yeah. or eight millimeters. But your, your plan is to ride eight to nine hours a day. With breaks. With breaks. You got your campsites sort of spotted out. Before, yes. Okay. Um, Food-wise, lots of carbs, pasta, rice. At the evening, for example. Are you going to, your breakfast, is it, a, is it a protein bar? Is it, a, is it a, a, a brochen <laughs> from a bakery? You know, are you... Muesli. Muesli, okay. Self-prepared muesli. Okay, so some fiber, okay. Are you drinking coffee in the morning before of you take course, off? Of okay, okay. So you got a little camping stove. I have a camping <coughs> stove, um, I have a tent, I have a sleeping bag, I have everything with me. But with coffee me. is important. Coffee is important, of course. Okay. Mm, how much water will you carry? Mm. It depends on the weather, but mm -hmm. I need five to six liters a day. Okay. Drinking water. Are you taking iodine tablets in case you need to like you get water from the river or water from a stream. Are you taking anything for distillation? Um, that's new on my <coughs> next, uh, on this tour. Mm -hmm. I bought a lifesaver water bottle. So it automatically filters yeah. if you're pumping from a stream. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Um, 
it's the way mm -hmm. or the why, uh, it's uh, heavy not <coughs> heavy uh, in a way but uh, if you think you have to reduce the weight of your equipment then it's heavy to 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 take it with you mm -hmm. um but i have two bottles of water each one liter mm -hmm. and then i have these i think 700 800 gram lifesaver bottle okay which is the pump okay pump a micro filter yeah and just in case you take it yeah. from the and because i'm cycling along the river uh-huh I be sure that I have access to water, yeah, not clean water, but with this <laughs> bottle I had clean water in my clean water in my bottle. What kind of uh, fuel does your stove use? It's with gas. Okay. With gas. I will be glad to see the mountains. Sure. Or the the the, 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 the Danube part of the Danube before Vienna, the Wachau. Okay. So I remember it was it, it's a nice region uh -huh. and. Cycling through that region, I think that would be the optical highlight. Okay. For tour. You're not going near the Dolomites on this tour, right? That's more further south? Mm. No, Dolomites not, no. On the way back, but um, I'm not getting through that area. Okay. So... I'm more in the eastern part of the Alps. Okay. Or northeastern part of the Alps. Okay. And uh, but the elevation or is it is also high. Yeah. So maybe I will try a, uh, cycling through a, a pass mm -hmm. which is one and a half thousand meter high. Okay. That's high. And but I never did it before. Okay. So that's another challenge at that tour but if i don't if i think that i couldn't reach the, the, the pass mm -hmm. then i will use another way or i will get i will take another way around the alps okay more getting closer to vienna and going back to the danube river yeah so i was going to say to the listeners like johnson and i we did the the passu vienna tour we did a tour Eight days, I think eight days. So Thomas will be on that tour. We'll take him two days. And we had eight days of 40 kilometers and 50 kilometers and 60 kilometers per day. Then you have enough time to uh, visit all the touristical highlights. Like so Thomas will drive. <laughs> we spent eight days. Thomas will do that in two days. <laughs> yeah, but... I love it, man. That's cool. I love it. I... I I sincerely hope that you come back with like no body. I think your body's going to ache. Of course it's going <laughs> to ache, but I hope you don't come back with like, Oh, I messed up my, my knee is shot for six months or something like that. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think you'll be fine. But I did the, the tour Passau of Vienna, um, 25 years ago. Yeah. Um, with my grandparents. Okay. And we also did it in eight or ten days. Okay. Visiting, but visiting uh, a lot of things. Yeah. Or having some additional loops. Mm-hmm. So. See, so you did that with your grandparents. That's cool. 25 years ago. Yeah. So this is in your 
family like you know Cycling, history of yeah of course yeah okay because yes. i know you've done i mean you biked all over this world it was the cheapest way to have holidays at students okay let me ask you this let me ask you this question now this we'll finish up real quick what's your budget for this trip you're gone 10 how many days are you gone I will go... Like 20 days? Three weeks? No, more than three. I think okay. 25 days. Okay, 25 days, cycling thousands of kilometers, camping. How much have you budgeted for this trip? How much money will you spend? The traveling costs are around... Uh, Let's say without the train ticket, because train, ticket, the train, is, ticket, train okay. ticket is probably the most expensive. Yeah, 100. Okay. Bo both directions, 100 euros. Okay. Um, I think... With food, mm -hmm. if it it should be twenty euros a day, okay, not more, okay, because I think the uh, over for every night I need ten euros, ten twelve euros for the for the campsite, and yeah, ten days, okay, for some. So campsite, you have access to the water. Okay, I was thinking, but I'm thinking also because I think you will do some camping, camping, you know, in the wilderness camping. Of course. Because that, and not just because maybe the, the goals that you set for yourselves, maybe the weather conditions sort of hamper that. So you're going to push harder the next day and go and try to make up that time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It depends. There are not overall campsites officially campsite so i had to stay i think if it if it get dark mm -hmm. i had to stop and i had to pitch up my scent well i mean you have lights on your bike right so are you willing to make up a day and you know ride from 10 o'clock in the evening until six o'clock in the morning is that something that you would consider if you had to i did it once okay on the on rügen okay we got there by train or by the ferry uh, arrives at three o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and at six o'clock or at seven o'clock uh, uh, started the train from the mainland. And okay. We decided to cycle through the night. Mm -hmm. It was an experience, but today I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't do it. Okay. So it's easier to, to stop and rest pitch and rest and pitch up the time because your body or my body needs a break. Okay. So I need my eight, nine hours sleeping. Okay. Because of the physical challenge. Yeah. And it makes no sense to cycle through the night. Okay. But if I would cycle in Norway in the summer, <laughs> why not cycling over the night? Because it's yeah. there's no <laughs> when it when it's always light. <laughs> yeah. You can that would be another challenge to train the body if it's possible to flip day and night ah okay i can see that could be the next challenge dude thanks for coming in thanks a lot i nice. hope that you're uh well i'll be texting you in the next couple of days just to see like you know and i will send you a picture yeah from the main points of the journey the entrance of your tour and the <laughs> finish of your tour no pass out and then you see in the timestamp how many days yeah, yeah you do, i don't want to see that 10 days is the which i should reach mm -hmm. and 
The challenge is to do it in nine, nine days. days. That means around 165 kilometers a day in okay. average. Okay. So maybe one day 100, 140, the other day 180, depending on the weather okay. and the rain. Well, I think like when you get back, we'll do like a 10-minute podcast <laughs> just to just to tell our listeners that you made it back safely okay and if you reached your goals okay okay so will you come back for like a 10 minute or a 15 no minute problem. okay we can do it. all right thomas thank you so much brother and safe travels best of luck we look forward to hearing from you soon and i will text you thank you bye-bye bye-bye okay cool Thank you for listening to Enlingua Podcast, live from Dessau. We hope you stay tuned for more episodes. <laughs>